Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Paralegal Voice here on Legal Talk Network. I'm Carl Morrison, a legal operations manager and advanced certified paralegal and your host of the Paralegal Voice. Before we start today's show, we'd like to thank our sponsors, NALA, ServeNow, and of course, our newest sponsor, InfoTrack. Well, everyone, I have a couple of great guests. So today it's double your pleasure show. So these two particular guests, and I'm saying wonderful guests because they are, they share a passion for our legal industry and legal operations. I am so honored to have with me on today's show, Ki Wong and Bob Roberts of Brightline Council. So please help me welcome to the Paralegal Voice family, Ki and Bob. Welcome, guys. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having us. So today we're going to talk about in-house paralegals and next generation of legal services delivery. Basically, having the right technology, the right people and processes for legal projects. And, you know, there's a lot of articles out there on legal project outsourcing and what's known as alternative legal service providers. And there's a lot to unpack with this particular topic. And, and of course, we don't have all the time in the world, so we're going to kind of distill this down. But I kind of want to start it at a high level first. You know, law firms and more importantly, you know, in-house corporate legal departments, everyone knows you're, we're doing more with less now. And one area to help with this particular challenge is this rapid growth concept called ALSPs or Alternative Legal Service Providers. And so, Key, I want to ask you first, you know, let's talk high level. What is an ALSP? An ALSP are companies that specialize in providing innovative approaches to common legal issues that law firms and corporate legal departments confront. Okay. And so they're an additional resource for a law firm or a in-house corporate legal department to when they need additional help, correct? Correct. So, Bob, let me ask you, would you say that an ALSP are, are really only for high volume, relatively routine legal tasks, or are they valuable in other ways to a legal team? You know, what services, let's, let's start there. What services really do ALSPs actually offer? Sure. So uh, I guess to answer the, the second question first, you know, while, while the bread and butter of what we do are large, relatively routine legal tasks, it's sort of morphed now into, you know, there are a lot of companies that are really good levering, leveraging people. They have a lot of smart, I'm sorry, leveraging technology, have a lot of smart people, have a lot of really good processes. So really our job is to find a way for any legal or compliance related task to run it as efficiently as possible. And obviously the end goal there is being as cost effective as possible on top of that. So whereas we started with large scale litigation, class actions, you know, large scale government subpoenas, SEC, DOJ, we've sort of morphed into more substantive legal work with our legal professionals. You know, so as far as services, we do document review related to subpoenas, managed document review, which means we have project managers that oversee it. So it's basically applying business principles to the 
the uh, review of documents to make sure we're doing it as efficiently as possible. We also do, we've been asked by our clients, I'd love to say we think of, of these, these service offerings, but they've been need-driven by our, our, our corporate and law firm clients by saying basically, you know, you've helped us on these big cases, you know our people, you know our documents, you know our C-suite, can you help us work on these large-scale mergers and acquisition matters? We're going to buy a bunch of competing businesses or, or something like that. We, we are able to help draft and revise contracts. We've done IP cases. Uh, there's really no limit. If you have a large amount of data and you need to leverage technology to get through that, that data as quickly as possible, that's really where companies like ours come in. But it doesn't have to be large volume. It can, it can be smaller volume, and especially the more you work with a company or a law firm, the smaller it can be, and then you have a seamless handoff from our team and their team. So we're really here to support Inside counsel, outside counsel, you know, the paralegals who can be running the cases, basically anybody who needs support, that's where we come in. Yeah, and you mentioned about like subpoena processing. It reminded me of an actual anecdotal situation of where we, our particular company, utilizes a, a, a basically an ALSP where it is really one lawyer, but this particular lawyer that we have engaged for several years assists us when dealing with subpoenas and you mentioned like DOJ and the SEC and and the big governmental subpoenas that happen. You know, that's where we use this particular individual to assist us in making sure that, you know, the volume of data that we're providing, you know, we're not inadvertently producing confidential information or privileged information that we're producing what's being asked for. And this particular service provider can do it efficiently and effectively. And as a result, when I started five years ago with the company, we were able to streamline the processes when it came to like the subpoena processing and engaging this, you know, ALSP. We reduced our cost by 40%, which is a huge thing just in subpoena processing. And so, uh, Bob, you'd agree that an ALSP is someone that can really help if you use them properly can really help reduce some of the costs in situations like that. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. And, and to your point, uh, you know, a lot of this work, you know, subpoena, third-party spe- subpoenas specifically, where you don't have a dog in the fight and you want to make sure that you don't do something that that puts you in the fight, right? So, you know, that work tends to sort of flow downhill. And, you know, a lot of the paralegals I've, I've spoken with, they have very important jobs that they need to be, you know, attending to on a day-to-day basis, but they're constantly getting hit with these third-party subpoenas. So they're pulled in 50 different directions. And and so what we're able to do is say, it's okay, you know, let us see the subpoena. We can help you grab the data. We'll collect the data. We'll call the data. We'll review it. We'll provide you with what we think you need to see. So then we've cut their time, you know, and their responsibility significantly down once that we build that, you know, efficiency working together. And then they're able to just have the documents they want. And they, it's one thing, one less thing off their plate so they can focus on their jobs on a day-to-day basis. That's a, that's a great point. And Key, I want to ask you, besides like subpoena processing, I mean, what would you say or like, give me like top three reasons really for an engaging a, you know, alternative legal service provider? And I mean, if you got more than three, share them. <laughs> no, I, I think the, the, the three top factors that benefit clients and reaching out to or, or seeking out ALSPs is better access to technology, specialization, like we just discussed about with the subpoena process. It creates a lot more efficiencies to reach out to a, a service provider who has that unique specialization 
to, to create a better workflow. So it cr- increases efficiencies. And then the, the value added billing, right? So for example, when you reach out to, to, to companies like ours, ALSPs, we're in a position to, to provide clients with better access to technology, with, with, with specialization in, a, in, in a, a specific subject matter area, and then also, uh, you know, value add, which is uh, reduce uh, billing for them. You mentioned technology key. And one of the things that pops in my brain is, you know, we see it all the time. All the the articles and bombarded with, you know, all sorts of stuff as it relates to AI and utilizing AI. Would you say that AI is a huge um, asset when we're talking about engaging an ALSP? It is a huge asset, uh, Carl. Think about the document review industry. Ten years ago, when people talked about doc review, you would probably collect 10,000 documents and perform what you would call a linear review, which basically meant reviewing the majority of those 10,000 documents that you collected. With the, the, the advancement of technology and, and AI that you talk about, we're now talking about collecting 10,000 documents and then going through the, the culling process utilizing AI that could cull it down to, cull it down by potentially 80 to 90%. So, so now all of a sudden, rather than conducting doc review in a linear process, you're, you're, you're getting smarter and more efficient utilizing AI and technology. I geek out over this particular topic. And, you know, I have seen and, and met with all sorts of different individuals that, you know, have engaged and utilized AI, especially from when you're talking in-house, corporate, you know, legal department, contracting. AI is a huge, you know, asset to have a service provider such as your all's company that uses technology and uses systems that, you know, embrace AI to be able to, I don't know, search through contracts looking for a clause related to data privacy. You know, have we, you know, do we need need to redo certain contracts because we don't have the the correct data privacy clause, you know? That's exactly right, Carl. If you if you look at our industry in the last five years, there are so many companies that are popping up offering AI in the contracting process. It's a huge, huge thing. Bob, can you give the listeners an example of where having a service provider such as yourself, you know, your company has had a huge impact on a particular matter? Sure, of course, Carl, we're, we're biased as, as uh, an ALSP ourselves, but really, I think the biggest advantage is, you know, the way that we prove our value to our clients and their end clients, if our ultimate client is a law firm, is by being as efficient as we possibly can and by saving money and time at every single turn. So the biggest advantage is our model isn't built on the traditional billable model. While, while as we do have a, a billable offering, our goal is to try to save, we prove our value by saving our clients money. So we've become very, very adept at leveraging, as you and Key were discussing, AI, predictive technologies, you know, something as simple as email threading. I mean, the, the linear review days, as Key alluded to, are, are well past. And because we leverage these technologies all day, every day, I would argue that we're better at, at leveraging them than, than a lot of other legal professionals are able to do because they just haven't had the experience. And frankly, you know, I'm, I'm a lawyer myself. Technology can be very scary uh, to, to lawyers because we, we are not technologists by any stretch. But, but you know, we, it's just come such a long way, you know, 
you were talking about AI. I mean, it's to a point now with with Cal continue to continuous active learning. You can still see it. if you want to do a linear review, you can review every document you want to review. But the continuous active learning allows you to it allows the system to predict documents that are more likely to be relevant to your matters. So ultimately, you're able to elevate the responsive documents, the important documents more quickly. So if you're nervous about the technology, you can still ultimately review everything. It's just going to help you prioritize. And then specifically with respect to you know having a huge impact, I mean, we've seen it not just because our price point tends to be lower and we run more efficiently, uh, which is a huge benefit to our clients, but our so we run through, we do a traditional managed offering, which means that we have project managers that are full-time employees that work with our corporate and law firm clients day in and day out. And so also the same thing for our legal professionals. You know, we work with them over time. And so what you get is institutional knowledge. I'll talk about corporations specifically. You get to know their inner workings. I talked about this a little bit earlier in my answer to my last question. We've gone from working on litigations to working with their transactional folks to working with their compliance folks to working with insurance folks. You know, when you have a bunch of smart people that are able to leverage technology to run a project sufficiently, you end up saving a lot of time and money. And so we got a case once we start, you know, with Brightline, where a, pro- a provider had collected eight terabytes of data, oh. and we didn't know exactly what was in those eight terabytes, as you wouldn't at that point. But it just seemed for, for I think it was a breach of contract case. I mean, it, it wasn't even a case where you'd expect that volume. And so basically, what we said is they, they they wanted a quote for processing, which, as you know, would be astronomical. And so basically, what we just said is, why don't you send it to us? We won't charge you anything. We'll look at it. We'll go through it. We'll try to identify what you really need to process before we put it into the system. And and you know, we'll try to be as efficient as possible. And right. Off the rip, we you know we identified tons of duplicative information. I think we processed less than a terabyte, which is still a lot. But then once we ran search terms, did the iterative search term optimization process where we got it down even further. I think for that case, which started at eight terabytes, we reviewed about forty thousand documents. And of that, I don't remember what we produced, but it was a fraction of that. So I mean, that is as as as, as you understand, savings in the hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of dollars for their client. And you touched on two different things that I, I before we go into our break here, that I, I wanted to kind of briefly talk about the the technology and you know lawyers historically have not been technophiles. I've written an article in the past about um, attorneys being technophobic. Even now today, you know, with so much technology, I think lawyers are are tending to embrace technology more. They may not be utilizing it in their day in day out work as much as they want to or should but in work such as what we're talking about they understand the importance of using the technology to assist in calling out what you were just talking about bob calling out the data out of terabytes down to you know 10,000 pages of or 10,000 records because of costs we're all very cognizant of cost. Cost is a huge driver of what we're talking about, right? Absolutely. No, cost is cost is cost is huge and quality. So those are our, our two main focuses because you don't want to just be less expensive. You want to be as good, if not better, and more cost effective. And so that's really been our focus since day one is saying, look, we understand what our clients need because we've represented them in the past. We've worked with them. How do we make sure that we're saving them uh, as much money at every turn of the project as we can, be it technology, be it contract 
uh, legal professionals. So yes, I cost, I mean, we would say traditionally on an average matter, and, and we can prove it out pretty easily with the numbers that we have savings uh, of 75 to 80% versus traditional review. That's amazing. That's amazing. Okay, so we're going to take a short commercial break, everyone. So don't turn that dial. How often do you struggle with e-filing? Staying up late to prepare that crucial filing before the deadline, only to wake up to a rejection. InfoTrack allows paralegals and lawyers to file with the court from within your practice management software, saving time and improving data accuracy. Find out which mistakes put you most at risk by downloading the free Top E-Filing Rejection Reasons Report at infotrack.com backslash rejections. Looking for a process server you can trust? ServeNow.com is a nationwide network of local pre-screened process servers. ServeNow works with the most professional process servers in the industry. Connecting your firm with process servers who embrace technology, have experience with high-volume serves, and understand the litigation process and rules of properly effectuating service. Find a pre-screened process server today. Visit www.servenow.com. Welcome back to the Paralegal Voice. We've been talking with my special guests, Key and Bob of Brightline Council on alternative legal service providers and the whole concept of it. And guys, I can like totally geek out on this for hours. And I, I, well, I'll tell everyone when I met Key and Bob a few weeks ago here in Vegas, what we talked for two hours. I mean, it was just, it was a long time, wasn't it? It was two hours and it went really fast. <laughs> it did. So um, we're not going to make this show two hours, I promise everyone, but <laughs> we could do two hours worth. So, Key, I'm going to ask you, do you think ALSPs will have an impact specifically on paralegals and the paralegal profession? And if so, how so? I, I think it will have a huge impact on paralegals. And the reason why I say that is most companies that offer the services we offer are only looking or basically looking for smart people who understand the process and who understand workflows. And if you really think about what paralegals do in law firms and in corporate legal departments, they're the ones responsible for workflows and, and having an understanding of how technology works. So, so if you look at most e-discovery companies and if you look at most legal staffing companies, most of the project managers in those respective areas are paralegals who understand the process. So I do think this industry will provide a huge uh, career uh, opportunities and career advancement opportunities for paralegals. And I agree with you 110%. Uh, it, it's not a negative impact. It's a very positive impact on the profession. I mean, you know, service providers such as yourself, you know, employing fantastic and skilled lawyers for work that lawyers need to perform. But there's also a lot of work that paralegals can perform within entities, you know, such as Brightline that being able to project manage that's a huge part of what we do. That's how we're skilled as paralegals is to manage that. And there's so many different opportunities, like you said. And I think it, it I agree with you, Key, that it's, it, it is and will have a huge impact, a positive impact on the profession. Right. So, Bob, what type of skills should a paralegal, a lawyer, a law firm, corporate in-house, you know, what, 
what should we be looking for when we go out to engage a provider such as yourself? Are, are some skills more important to look for than others? So, yes, uh, I think when it comes to the legal professionals we, we work with, one of the things that we try to identify is, is a great attention to detail, great attitude, somebody who's willing to roll up their sleeves and really be part of the team. And we value that. That's part of our culture. We appreciate our legal professionals. We, you know, this work used to be because it was seen as, you know, lower risk. Hey, guys, just go sit in a basement someplace and push buttons. And and now it's really been elevated. And we, can, we really want to elevate it to the point where the people who are doing this work feel fantastic about the work they're doing. They know they're contributing. And, and so I think one of the big things that you should look for if you're looking for, for an ALS, ALSP is, is one that really has a culture focused around its people and trying to make sure that they can thrive in their environments because this technology is fantastic. We can leverage it like like few others can, but at the end of the day, it's still going to be legal professionals that are doing the eyes on work and providing their intelligence and their experience to make sure the work product is as solid as possible. On top of that, I think that as we've said repeatedly on uh, you know during our discussion here, technology. I mean, Everybody talks about it. There's so many words that people love to throw out, AI, Cal. You know, I, I would really encourage folks to say, what experience do you have, ALSP or, or LPO, as actually you know, leveraging these tools? What are some of the successes you've had, as you asked earlier, Carl? I think it's really important to sort of, everyone's going to tell you they're the best in class. We have the best technology. We have uh, you know, the best people. And, and so I really think integrity and honesty would be number one, obviously, but that, I guess, goes for all businesses. But then also making sure that you, you don't just take a salesperson's word for these things. You know, references are always good. You want to have people that have worked with them successfully. So those are the kind of things I would look for if I were in those shoes. And I will tell the listeners, and, and we've had this conversation offline, but communication is a huge portion of it. And, you know... I am, and I have been described as being as curt and dismissive uh, when it comes to work and especially engaging a, you know, service provider such as yourselves, because I don't want a song and dance. I don't need the the bells and whistles. I just need to know, can you do what I'm asking you to do and, you know, how efficient and effective you are and how cost, you know, effective you are. I'm not looking for cheap. I'm looking for quality, but I'm also understanding costs are a big point, a big part. I, I don't have a giant purse to, to, you know, spend. That's when I'm looking for a provider, you know, I'm wanting to engage someone that can show me actual true Results. This is what we've done. This is how we did it and how efficient we were in it. And I think those are really important to look for in a provider. Wouldn't you guys agree? Absolutely. Yeah, no question. Keith, I know you're going to be biased when I asked you this question, but I'm going to ask you anyway. You know, with the rise of ALSPs, they're here. It's really not rising and they're pretty much here. Um, and here to stay. Do you think that they're a threat? Would you say an ALSP is a threat or an opportunity to the legal industry as a whole? I think it's an opportunity for the legal industry as a whole, because if you look at the last 10 years, you, you have law firms making record profits and you also have uh, legal providers, you know, generating so much revenue where, where 
the 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 year over year increase in in, in uh, ALSPs that are around keep growing exponentially. I think there was one study that basically said by the year 2025, the 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 spend on legal services for legal providers, legal services providers will exceed, I think, $18 billion. So everyone wins when you have better access to technology, more access to specialization, and, and the ability to add better value to, to clients who are paying the, the ultimate invoices. And that right there, um, you hit the nail on the head. Cost and, and spend is huge. And it's all about being able to provide the best representation for the client, whether you are working in private practice and your client is a corporation or you are the corporation and, you know, you are your general counsel, legal operations manager, director, paralegal, your client is the business. And so both understand that the cost is, is a huge portion to be able to give the best representation and so to do the best for the client. So I think that's a a huge part of it too, is it's the client, right? Wouldn't you all agree? Absolutely. That's it. Uh, Just, just to build on that, I think it's a tremendous opportunity. I mean, in all business operations, everyone's focused on, on keeping costs down and running as efficiently as possible. ASLPs are specifically designed for that purpose. So, you know, this actually, I was speaking to a partner here recently and he said, you know, whereas this used to be our bread and butter and how we would cut our associates teeth and we'd make a bunch of money doing it, our clients just aren't letting us do it anymore. And so we want to find a good company that we know is going to do a great job to fill those gaps for us because our clients aren't going to let us do this. And frankly, from a recruiting perspective, our associates and paralegals don't necessarily want to do this work either. They want to focus on the meteor stuff. And candidly, we we love this stuff. We love trying to find a way to be as efficient as possible and save our clients as much money and time as possible. And that's why we have the advent of this type of practice group, the the ALSP, is because, like you just said, lawyers and paralegals, we want to do more of the substantive meteor stuff. I've been doing this for 25 years, and back in the olden days, AI was re- really not there, and it was going through gigabytes of data at that point of trying to find stuff, and hours on hours that a client wasn't going to pay and we just had to eat it. And, you know, with providers such as yourselves, this is a huge opportunity for lawyers and paralegals to be able to do the more substantive work while you guys can do and apply technology to streamline the processes. That's right. That's right. And Carl, we, we, we're, we're talking about a process, right? Anytime you talk about a process, there there's inherent in that uh, word is the fact that if there is a process, there's always ways to create more efficiencies, right? And you want to ask yourself, who is in the, be- the best position to-, to offer those efficiencies to the process? Absolutely. I, so I went through the Legal Lean Sigma, uh, which is applying uh, Six Sigma process improvements to the legal industry and went through their 101, their very first. And uh, it was eye-opening to understand, you know, applying the process improvements to the legal industry. And this is, this is one of those types of things, being able to streamline and improve 
processes. And so, guys, I could talk about this for the next, <laughs> like I said, two hours. So I know we're running out of time. And I always have fun questions for my guests. So, Bob, I'm going to start with you first. What show on Netflix did you most recently binge watch? And I mean embarrassingly fast. Uh, unfortunately, probably most of the shows I watch, I binge embarrassingly fast. <laughs> but the, the easy one that comes to mind is myself and the rest of the globe uh, binged uh, Squid Games. I, I think that took about two nights to get through, and there's nine hour-long episodes. So that's <laughs> the, I, would, I would qualify that as pretty embarrassing. <laughs> well, Bob, okay, I, of course, watched Squid Game with everybody else. But I did not binge it because it was so intense, and I had to have periods to decompress after each episode. <laughs> so it only took me five nights to do it. So <laughs> most other ones I do watch really fast with you. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Key, I've got to ask you this question. If you have watched, great. If you haven't watched, you know. But watching like The Walking Dead or any zombie apocalypse type of show – you know, some characters, they live long on the show and others die off rather quickly. So I'm going to ask you, if we were in a zombie apocalypse, would you survive? Would you be that character that, you know, survived throughout the whole show or died rather quickly? Unfortunately, I'll probably be the first to die just because <laughs> I can't stay silent. And I was horrible <laughs> playing hide and seek as a kid. <laughs> This is something embarrassing, but I have to, to share on this very topic. You know, you see online all sorts of quizzes you can take to see where you're at on whatever. Well, they had one about surviving a zombie apocalypse, and it was a very thorough survey that you did. Surprisingly, I wouldn't last very long. <laughs> so I, I feel your pain there, Key. <laughs> so thank you, gentlemen, so much for being my guest today. Like I said, we could go on forever on this. So if any listener wanted to get in touch with either one of you, what's the best way for them to reach you? I'll start with Key first. Email at Key, spelled K-I period H-W-A-N-G at brightlinecouncil.com. And Bob? Our website, uh, brightlinecouncil.com, has an info link where they can click on it and provide a question direct there. And then, of course, I'm happy to, to field any direct emails as well. It's bobbob.roberts, R-O-B-E-R-T-S, at brightlinecouncil.com. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Really, really, really appreciate you guys being on the show today. So hang tight, everyone. We'll, we will be right back after a break for this station identification. NALA members receive exclusive content, such as the Paralegal Utilization and Compensation Survey Report, access to a members-only collaboration site, discounts on office products and car rental, access and preferred placement on a web platform for paralegal contract jobs, and access to the member-only career center. NALA members also receive discounted education and products. Join NALA today and become a part of our community. Learn more at NALA.org. It's your favorite time of the show, time for the listener's voice. This is your opportunity to send me your comments, questions, and celebrations, and I choose them to be read on the air, of course. And you can send me your listener's voice content to devotedtolaw at gmail.com. That's D-E-V-O-T-E-D, -E -E the number two, L-A-W, at gmail.com. 
Today's email comes from a listener that had listened in to my most recent podcast show where I talked about legal operations and spoke with a particular individual. So let's jump into the question here. Hi, Carl. I recently listened to your show with Tom Stevenson about working in legal operations, and I'm intrigued about making that transition. Are there any tips or tricks you can share about getting into legal operations? Thank you. Signed, Dreaming of Legal Ops. Well, of course, you guys know, since transitioning into legal operations as a paralegal, I love and geek out over talking about legal operations. And if I could share any words of wisdom making that leap where you want to, maybe you are working in-house corporate legal department, or maybe you're working in private practice and you want to transition into a corporate position. The first thing is to look at your resume and look at the job duties that are being asked of you for a potential job that you want to apply for and see how you can streamline your resume to be more aligned with the duties that are being asked in a particular job. So if they're looking for someone dealing with, you know, outside counsel management, let's say, for example, or vendor management, you know, think about what have you done at your particular firm or even corporate legal department that you've actually worked with vendors and, you know, actually delineate a skill that shows that, hey, I know how to do vendor management. I know how to handle outside spend or vendor spend, spending on vendors, you know, things of that nature. So streamline your resume to make it more aligned with the duties that are being asked for the position first and foremost. Second, network, 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 network. You're going to find, and I have found, and I've met just recently, I did a virtual forum uh, for legal operations, met and actually presented. And afterwards, uh, individual uh, that attended it emailed me or sent me connection through LinkedIn about she saw my profile on LinkedIn. She was like, wait, he was a paralegal too. I was a paralegal and now I do legal operations. And I jokingly told her that we need to start a recovery group for paralegals that are now in legal operations because I'm finding more and more often that a legal operations professional, whether it's just an entry level or a manager or a director of a legal operations, they have had a history of at some point in their career of being a paralegal. And so I encourage you to look out, look, you know, on LinkedIn, find in your own network, other lawyers or paralegals that work in house corporate legal department, legal operations professionals, and reach out to them network and build your network of legal operations professionals, so that you can Find those jobs. I'm a huge proponent. I tell parallel students all the time, the best jobs that you're going to find are the ones where you have a network and it's because someone told you about it. So build your network, 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 resumes, network, skill sets. Look at what you have in the way of skills. Maybe you've been a paralegal for 10 years. And you don't have a lot of, you know, financial experience or budgetary experience and the job you really want to apply for, it's looking for someone with that. Get schooling. Take, you know, some accounting type of classes. Demonstrate to a potential employer that you have that requisite skill and knowledge, competency in order to do the work. If you're working in-house 
corporate legal department as a paralegal, you know, speak with your supervising attorney, the general counsel. Hey, I really want to help when you start to work on the budget for the legal department. Can I help in some way? Because I really want to expand my skill set. Nine times out of 10, your supervisor, if they're a good supervisor, are going to actually embrace that and say, sure, you can help me with this. And that's how you learn. And so build on the skills that you need in order to succeed. I once spoke with a legal operations uh, VP of legal operations for a huge company, corporation, and asked him, and I was like, you know, this was when I was early getting into legal operations. And I was like, should I get certified in like process improvement or anything like that? And he said, no, Carl, a lot of times jobs and employers, they want to see actual demonstrative experience on what you've done at your prior position. And so with that, I say, you know, build on those experiences at your job right now, if you're looking to transition into it, that are going to translate into the respective job. And so, you know, there's a lot of, of ways that you can look at making connect with me. If you're looking, reach out to me, I'll talk to you and, and I'll help you connect and work on your network. Because in that what we're supposed to do is help each other out as professionals. And so there's a lot you can do. Don't feel discouraged that you can't make that transition. Just build. Build on uh, the skills that you have. Add additional skills necessary to be a competent legal operations professional. And before you know it, you'll be doing exactly what I'm doing. And so uh, I encourage you guys to reach out to me if you have any questions or anything. And with that, sadly, that's all the time we have today for the Paralegal Voice. And again, if you have any questions, you can email them to me at devotedtolawgmail.com. And of course, stay tuned for more information and upcoming podcasts for exciting paralegal trends, news, and engaging and fun interviews from leading paralegals and other leading legal professionals. And I want to wish everybody happy holidays. It's that time of the year. And so happy holidays to you and your family and friends and wishing you all the best for the remaining year and for the new year to come. Thank you for listening to The Paralegal Voice, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Find Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, or download Legal Talk Network's free app on Google Play and iTunes. And reminding you that I'm here to enhance your passion and dedication to the paralegal profession and make your paralegal voice heard. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, or subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Som. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.